0: Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, Media Member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined for the first time ever on the other side, Kirk Henderson, aka Kirk Serious Face. What you got for me?
1: Hello Mavs friends, how are we? I'm excited for the season.
0: Man, the season is actually upon us. It's it's here, and uh, Isaac is out on a date tonight with his lovely wife, and uh, he got away from the baby for once, and so he is uh, having a good night, and so I just decided to call up Kirk to let him, essentially, if any of you followed him on Twitter, and you all should, and you probably all do... But he's allowed to do his victory lap now because for the entire season last year, his Twitter his Twitter name was uh, Luka Doncic fan account. And then now it's uh, – what is it? It's Big Doncic. Big Doncic
1: Energy. Yes. Which is – I'm really – like it made me laugh, but it's really uncomfortable. Like I I think I change it like every couple days and then I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I don't care if it's offensive or yeah. weird. I'm going to go back to it. But yeah, it's it was – I don't know. It was uh, – a it was so dumb because like the for the past two years, you know, you and I were just talking offline about how this is like your third year, this will be your third year covering the team, and your first year was so rough. The Worst. second year what got off to a bad start too. Like the Mavs have been atrocious to start the season for the past two years. And it was it was one of those things where like in the middle of like I, I want to say we we're like one in five or one in six. And I just said I, I just I'd been, you know, reading up on draft prospects, and I'm like, all right, like this is the guy that we need to have. And I just, it was like a commitment to a bit. And then <laughs> yeah. as, as like it, as it seemed like it was closer when, like we're, when the team was just really bad. And then we, it, it all of a sudden it was, it was all-star break and it was real opportunity to, to, you know, finish out the season terribly. Mark Cuban made those ridiculous comments <laughs> about how they were tanking and then got On fined. Julius
0: Irving's podcast. Can we talk about how he made those comments on Julius Irving's podcast, like, Dr. Like, like J. Cuban
1: is smarter. <laughs> He's smarter than we'll ever be. But, like, that was just one of the weirdest things. I'm like, what are you doing, <laughs> On guy? Dr.
0: J's podcast. Nobody knew and, Dr. J had a podcast until Mark Cuban slipped up and said that they were losing on purpose.
1: Oh, it, it was like his... I think it might have been his first episode. It was so it oh, was it could so have ridiculous. been, yeah, yeah. And, and, and after that, the match came out of All-Star break and went four and six. So like they ba- they basically played 500 ball and I remember like our Slack channel was losing it <laughs> because we're just like why would we suffer only to go pick eighth again This yeah. is gonna be terrible <laughs> and then they just went on Tank Fest 20 you know 2018 and you know where they were playing those games where Dirk would just come out at like the four minute mark and be done and then everything like, would go everything go would go badly bench, take his shoes and, off and we just had it was like that was what like I I'll be honest like it was it was really fun covering the end of that season because it was just like are we are they absolutely going to be this morbidly terrible yeah and, and the then, answer every game was yes and then yes, trying to decide
0: are. like is carlisle doing this on purpose or does he really think that this is something that's going to be effective in the nba yeah the soul
1: the i think it was the laker game <laughs> where it's like they had solid measurey and and maxi in as the big men yeah. when dirk and and powell were available and like they 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 gave up like a twenty point swing in probably like like twelve minutes of action. It Isaiah was, Thomas it was actually nuts. looked like
0: an NBA player again.
1: Oh my god! It was it was it was it was so it was fun and it was uncomfortable and like it was like if if we're gonna watch a terrible team, at least they're an interesting terrible team. And then you know we get to we get to the draft part. You know, and our our over Moneyball, like the guys who like covering the draft. I feel like wrote like 15 to 18,000 words oh, man. and very few of them were on Dauntish because none of us thought it was going to be a real thing. And then, you know, and, and you know, fish and a lot of the guys who are like tuned in with sources were telling us stuff. And then Careful. all of a sudden draft day comes up and it seemed like it was going to be a real thing. And then at around, I remember I did a workout that night because I was just like, man, I'm going to be so angry. They're not going to pick him. It's going to, you know, he's going to go somewhere else. I'm going to be sad. I'm just gonna go get out my my frustrations. And then I I was um I, I get out of the gym and I start seeing like Woj bomb tweets and I'm like, oh, this is gonna happen. And like I normally, I don't know, I will have like the occasional glass of wine. I started drinking at like six o'clock. Like I'm too old <laughs> to do this stuff, but I was just like, this is so awesome. It's like the first time since we won the championship where I really felt like like something was like destined to happen and we we're just gonna have a good time with it and yeah you know that the, the sun like summer league was terrible because we didn't get to watch him play and you know we've we've just been kind of waiting and that game on I, what was it uh saturday was just it was a release it was a lot of fun like i have no idea i, I have no idea what like quality of basketball player Doncic is gonna end up being but like right now he's a lot of fun like the possibility is out there everybody seems really excited in a way that that i just don't remember since expectations you know expectations in like 2005 to 2010 were just like unreasonably high so it's it's crazy watching a team now where like the there's an upward trajectory but like everything feels like like playing with house money so to speak
0: Completely, I, I, Isaac and I have been saying this for a while. I think that this moment, like right now, after when Doncic first played, like his first preseason game, even though it was against the CBA team, um, was probably the most exciting excited Mavs fans have been since 2011,
1: easily. And like, and like we're, we, in order to even watch the game, you had to kind of you know jump through hoops. It was like on Fox Double Plus Sports Southwest. Yeah. Like there was no way to watch. Like I remember, like uh. uh Jeff, Jeff, Skin, Wade, like actually responded. He's like, "Oh, thanks for watching the game," <laughs> It just like made me laugh. Cause, like those guys are, you know. I, I I know that that they're working, but it's also, you know, there's there's so much stuff going on in the sports world right now. Who wants to watch like the first preseason basketball game? And the answer is a alarming amount of people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> way too many people. And now everyone knows who Justin Hamilton is. Oh my goodness!
1: Uh, I mean, he he looked. I, I made a comparison in the game. He looked like this character on on Starship Troopers, like and it was. It, I, I couldn't get some of the visuals out of my head because he wore he wore forty one. It was kind of dorky looking, and then he was kind of chubby looking, and then he scores like thirty two points on DeAndre Jordan. And I, I was I was like we were. I was talking with somebody, and they're like, well, aren't you a little concerned that DeAndre Jordan got got you know killed by this guy in the CBA?" And the CBA, and the answer was yes, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. Well, <laughs> he shot on 17 else. free throws. It wasn't, that's
0: true, and he wasn't against DeAndre the whole time. But anyway, that's true. Also, he looks like Nick Foles.
1: Ah, uh, that's a good. That is that is a very good sports comparison.
0: <laughs> he looks exactly like Nick Foles. It was really funny the whole time watching him. Um what do you think about DeAndre Jordan? Like where is your how do you feel what was the progression of your feelings? Because I, I feel like you're one of the biggest, you know, online Mavs fan presence, of, you know, like people. So that... once
1: I get past my Del- like my Luca fanboyism, like yeah. he was he was the the most important player on the floor that night because he was I, I only watched the first half before I, I went and did something else, but I feel like he had six free throws in the first half. And you know, you get to see these guys live, and and one of the things that I always take away coming back from a live game that that doesn't always translate on TV is yes, some of these guys are tall, but most of them are lean and kind of skinny. Dirk and Tyson Chandler are good examples of kind of of really fairly skinny guys. DeAndre Jordan is massive; yeah. his shoulders are so big, and it's it was one of those things where he's just kind of a you know we always talk about how Dirk has gravity. That guy had gravity, which is why he was picking up all the like like the other the Chinese uh, Basketball Association team, the Beijing Ducks had to foul him a lot because he was just so big. And that's going to be really interesting to see how that affects, uh, you know, the Maverick kind of game flow, because if they're able. To, to you know grab any sort of rebound I feel like they've been you know among the bottom five the last two years if they're even like league average and rebounding I really feel like that changes how how the entire team goes and I'm pretty excited about that because as much as I like Donchich you know it just wouldn't be the same if Alex Lynn was there you know what I mean <laughs> yeah
0: or Nerlens oh so. Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 done with New Orleans. Yeah, the DeAndre he, the gravity is it's a good point. He uh we we've talked about a lot how, you know, we NBA teams want to space the floor. All your bigs have to shoot in it. but if you have a guy like, you know, like a DeAndre, like a Rudy Gobert that they bring people into, the, you know, into the paint and they have to cause a player to, you know, to double off and even Nikola Jokic last night I was watching the Lakers and Nuggets game. I'm like, Jokic is in the paint, and the Lakers are hilariously playing Kuzma at the five. <laughs> they have to they can bring... do nothing.
1: And, and it was just <laughs> – it's, it's, it's such a, a – like, those guys that big cause – and who are good at rebounding, you know, draw yes. so much attention. And it's it's one of those things that I think that – you know, if, if he plays as many minutes as he's been playing the last several years, I think Mass are going to be really excited because – you know he's he's gonna pick up. It just causes this cascade effect with with you know the way the rest of the team plays. So you know as much as I, I, I I'm gonna be super into Doncic all year. I think Jordan is easily the most important player. I think that there, I'm sure you guys have talked about this. Like he's he's gonna put up like all NBA caliber numbers just in terms of rebounding and points and percentages. It's it's going to be it's going to be entertaining. We're going to have a really good time watching him probably as much as anybody else, because we've there's just been such a, you know, for the last six years, there's been a, a turnstile at, at, at center. I mean, I I, I I cannot believe it feels like like a memory that Sam <laughs> Dallenbear was yeah. a center, that Chris Kamen was a center, that Andrew Bogut was a center for us. Like, that worked for this like is
0: incredible. Minutes. I'm pumped, so excited! Do you know who's the leader, the all-time leader in Mavs rebounds per game?
1: Fortson, late '80s. Uh, Tarpley? Shoot, I don't know. Roy
0: Tarpley for like—is <laughs> he really? Yeah, it was like the '89 <laughs> season. He played like 44 games and he averaged 14 something rebounds. Do you know who number two is? He played six games for the men. uh dennis rodman dennis rodman
1: second all that time. that was a wild time that <laughs> might have been when i really first started watching the mavs because i i had i'd had grown up in a different city and then they were just kind of starting to be weird with cuban i mean i remember when Dirk was drafted and all that but those six or seven games that was like a, that was like an event because that guy was so crazy
0: what, where was he at in in the point of his career? Like, was he? Still- uh, he was at the end.
1: Oh yeah, because yeah, it yeah. was it was the year after the Bulls. I mean, maybe it wasn't '99, but it was a couple of years in. And like the, the the thing about Rodman that gets lost to time is that he was a, a, from my understanding, is he was always big into film, and he just knew where the ball was going to go based off of who was shooting the ball. And by the time he got to the Mavericks, it was just him playing on kind of instinct again, which is why he was such a short-lived guy because he was just out of control. That's crazy, though. I didn't know it was him and Tarpley. Yeah.
0: And then I can't remember who's third. Well, Jordan's
1: but... going to have to make a run at that then this year. Oh, I, mean, if I he... mean, there's nobody else to get rebounds. Seriously.
0: Seriously. He's going to be the only one. There's going to be a lot of guys shooting a lot of shots. I mean – we love Dennis Smith Jr., but he's gonna be clanking a lot, you know, a lot of shots and uh and DeAndre Jordan's gonna be there. If he averages fifteen rebounds like he did last year, easily, you
1: know, the
0: number one Mavs <laughs> rebounding
1: center ever. Right. And then we all will get to we'll get to revisit the annoying discussion that we have every summer where it'll be, well, should we pay the guy? And <laughs> at that point the answer is yes. Yes again, yes for a third time. Why are we asking this question? Because it's you know, after after watching D'Andre Jordan go, I, I am perfectly fine with overpaying for someone who is ex- it like is just really good at grabbing rebounds because it's no fun watching. I mean, I, I love Dwight Powell. I've I've really come to appreciate him in a way I didn't earlier. But he's just too skinny. And and you know, it's there's too many decent you know bigs don't play the way they used to play in the in the you know early two thousands and nineties and such. But there's too many good bigs. You just need to have a great big guy on your team who's athletic.
0: It's a great point. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Kirk what he thinks Luka Doncic's ceiling is. All right, Kirk. Luka Doncic this season, what do you think his ceiling is? What do you think he can top out as? I think personally, I think he could make the all-star team this year. Ooh, wow. oh, if, he, God. if everything goes right for him if the Carlisle system works out perfect for him the Mavs stay i think the Mavs would have to stay fairly healthy you know the, all the shooters would have to you know hit their marks and and he's averaging you know 18 something points you know like nine assists and like nine boards you know something like that i
1: think yeah he's gonna have to be pretty crazy i think for something like that to happen and it's 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 so much of a, like the bench spots end up being about like coaching narrative and how good because, your team how good
0: your team is at that point.
1: Absolutely, and and if if we're talking about that, then the Mavericks are probably playing pretty awesomely, and and that yeah, because like they like te- teams and coaches like to reward that sort of success, and it's right. like who, you know with respect to Harrison Barnes, it's you know people know who he is at this point. That's not going to be a, that's the, so I guess, I guess maybe all-star would be like, like pipe dream, but I mean, yes, stranger, weirder things have happened. I mean, I, I think, I think his, his realistic ceiling is, is for me, is probably like rookie of the year where he's shooting, he's scoring, you know, 12 to 14 points a game and getting, you know, four and a half assists and five to six rebounds, like six rebounds feels like a lot for his, for his minutes and his time. Um, But it's so, you know, past, past Andre Jordan, there's not really going to be anybody else left that could, that could get rebounds. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's going to be one of those years where I think that we're going to look at him and, you know, us in Dallas are going to appreciate him, but I'm not sure That we're gonna get those kind of like highlight plays that we got the other night, just because I think it's gonna take him half the year to really adjust to the athleticism. And I also think that one of we're we're kind of not anticipating correctly how Carlisle is gonna ramp up his minutes. You know, he played 30 the other night, but let's remember what he did with Dennis uh, going back in year one, where we were early on we're like clamoring him for to play Dennis at the end of the game, and he really didn't start doing that until like game 25 to 30. And so it's I just it's going to be interesting to see what happens because so many of these other guys like Deandre Ayton, I don't know if you watched his debut, yeah. but he even when he doesn't look good, he puts up like 15 and 12. And so that that sort of thing is is going to be challenging for for Luka to overcome. I still think he ends up being rookie of the year just cuz it's so narrative driven. And if the Mavs improve by like 14 games over the course of the year, then like they're not going to have any other choice because Dallas was so bad last year. And, and you know, those kind of, like, leaps and record, you know, they get rewarded somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's, and when you look at the all-NBA teams and all-star teams and stuff like that, you have to have, like, a representative. I think Bill Simmons is the one that says, can I, you know, give the story of this season without including this player, you know, or right. this team, or have a representative from this. And so that's how, like, like, Marcus Aldridge was really good last year, but that's how he gets on the all-star team and an all-NBA team. You know, the, the, the Spurs are just so good that you have to have somebody on there. Um, what do you feel about Lucas ceiling, you know, going forward, uh, not just this season, but you know, all time, because it feels like he, it feels like a huge variance for him. <laughs> it feels like he could, I mean, I, I don't think that there's any, any way he would be out of the league unless he just like, you know, decides that he's going to be a, a professional gamer <laughs> and decide to like stream full time,
1: <laughs> which, you know, watching him play video games, he's like a professional troll as he's playing video games. Um, I think that's a that's an interesting question. I, one of the things I did not like was occasionally people would compare him to Steve Nash, which felt very odd. But one of the <laughs> things that that Nash, you know that Man. Nash was was good at or that Nash you know always needed to get better at actually scoring the basketball. He was capable of doing it, but he just didn't do it until yeah. later in his career, and there were those playoff series. And I think with, with Luca, if he's really going to maximize who he is, he's going to have to take on more of a scoring load than I think he feels comfortable with right now. Because I think he really likes being the distributor and being kind of like the all-around guy. But, you know, he he took those deep threes the other night. And, like, I, that's what I, I hope to see from him this year is, like, confidence in the shot and the willingness to go and, you know, try to try to basically... Be the guy for the team. I know that it's going to be more kind of an egalitarian offense this year, but like I just already think that he's the best player on the team. Yes, (laughs) he he just he's that. I don't know. He's that kind of talented in a way that that you know you just don't see that often.
0: The Luca and Nash comparison, and I've heard it too, and it drives me nuts too. Is this this thing that I've been thinking about writing about, and I've said thinking about writing about several times on this podcast? But that's okay. There's this idea. That that seems like Mavs fans have, and that especially there's some older Mavs media that have that have to equate, and even Donnie Nelson does this sometimes. They have to equate one player that the Mavericks have now with a player that they used to have. And yep. like it, everything has to have you know a correlation to what the Mavs used to be. So like when Donnie Nelson does his whole, well, we wanted to redo the you know Steve Nash, Michael Finley, and uh, and Dirk Nowitzki trio. We wanted to kind of redo that, and so now we have Dennis and Luca and, and Harrison Barnes, and that's you know our, our. It's like why does it have to be that way? So those guys are going to play so much, like, so much differently. Yeah, right. so much it's, different. It's not, it's
1: not fair expectation. No, I, I think I and I. I guess the, the Nash thing works in my head because I remember those playoff series, particularly when he's in Phoenix, where even the Mavs would like isolate him and make him score 40 points. Well, you know, there's going to be there. We didn't really get to see a ton of it uh, against the ducks. And maybe we will against the length of the Sixers this weekend. I mean, I guess they play Friday and Monday. Um, but you know I, I just think that luke is going to have to get comfortable being the guy being the guy for the team if if he really wants to maximize who he is um but you know it's it's kind of hard to, to say like the they're he's it's you know we've watched i can't believe we only watched one game i know <laughs> right it's only been one game it's not even and, there's,
0: and he's not there's even some I mean, he, tape So funny, because we were like, "Oh man, he hasn't played against NBA players, but he did play with Real Madrid against you know NBA teams back you know preseasons before, and then now he didn't play in summer league, and now he played. He's finally played an NBA game, but it wasn't against an NBA teams. It's just like all these
1: analyzing, like we're over analyzing (laughs) the dumbest stuff, but that's what we got. Hey, that's why we do
0: this podcast. That's what this podcast is all about, really. So the yeah, so the Luca and Nash thing to me is. It's a it's a weird thing. Like they did that with, uh, with Tyson Chandler and Nerlens before the guy was even in town. they were oh, like, God, he's man. a he's a Tyson Chandler starter kid. Like,
1: why do you have to put that? Why would you do that? That's the an best expectation. in the
0: history of the franchise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so and what do you know? He wasn't that. Oh man, <laughs> what a
0: what a fail experiment. All right, when we come back, more from Kirk on the Mavs, where he thinks they will finish this year, and how he believes Dennis Smith Jr. will finish the year. All right, Kirk, Dennis Smith Jr., how are you feeling about him going into his second year? Obviously, the shooting has to improve. Obviously, defense has to improve if the Mavericks want to be any good at all. Uh, his fit with Luka, all of that. How are you feeling about him heading into the season?
1: You know, I'm pretty pleased. I think that, you know, his raw numbers last year were very good. Um, and I know that, that he's up there with some historical greats, but I mean, realistically, the pace and the usage were, were kind of off the charts in a way that can't be duplicated. Uh, I think that that what we're going to see from him this year is really a less is more approach, because I mean he is a good basketball player. He's he's not who some of our fans want him to be. Right. But he is a very would, good basketball. player. We wouldn't player. trade Jimmy Butler for him. Uh, well, I mean, I don't. I really don't think I would. But I also don't. I also think that that his best usage is to be, you know, the the Thunder to to Luca's Lightning, where the there's less overall responsibility on him. But he has the opportunity to make the really like the bang plays. Like, the, the, if, if Luca's grabbing the ball and pushing it and he's running on the wing and running at the, in rim running or running to the corner, like that's really scary for an opposing team. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how he gets used. You know, maybe he, he, if, if, Carlisle wants, he can pretty much play one of those two, all 48 minutes between the two of them. So he always has a ball handler that he's comfortable with on the floor. That's really exciting. I, I <laughs> hope he gets as many, you know, I know you guys have talked about this. I hope he gets, you know, a number of catch and shoot threes. I, I don't trust his jumper. I, you know, I know we've seen the, the workout videos. There's just something about it's like he's almost too athletic to pull up and shoot jumpers. Um, it's just it's so odd. Maybe he'll figure it out one day, but the jumpers are the sort of thing that you don't fix overnight. You know, It's probably going to be a couple of season-long project, and maybe we look up one day and he's shooting 35% from three. That's about the best we can hope for. Defensively, I'm not sure. Like that was really the knock on him coming into the draft is he's six two with a wingspan of a guy who's six two. Like he doesn't have he's a those sorts of right. Those sorts of measurements inevitably work out uh, work against you at some point. And and so as long as he's trying hard, I that's all we can really ask for.
0: <laughs> just be a try hard defender, man. Just just yeah. get in there and 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 DeAndre Jordan's going to help him and Luka Doncic a lot. um what do you think about this is off kind of off topic. What do you think about a, the future of the Mavericks with their two focal points in Dennis and Luca that are both, you know, suboptimal defenders? So they don't neither of them project as ever being, you know, average or above average
1: defenders. I think that team scheming matters so much now in the league mm. because I actually like Luca, you know, he got those those off those uh help side blocks the other night. Yeah. And he's I think he's He's a smart scheme defender. He knows where he needs to be. And I think that's going to be something that works in his favor under Rick. I it's a really good question because it's it's you know when when you talk to people about guys like Dorian Finney Smith and stuff, that's what the argument is is that is that you know the Mavericks can can basically supplement them with specialists. I'm not really sure because at some point these guys are going to they're gonna to have to you know at least they're either gonna to have to be unbelievable offensive players to like you know top 15. one of them is gonna to have to be like a top 15 top 20 guy in the league or they're or they're just gonna kind of be mediocre and I but right now it's so early they just haven't played enough to really worry about it. I, I feel and I'm confident but I suppose we can worry about it later as long as the team's fun for now.
0: Yeah, that is kind of what everybody kind of feels right now. Like, let's just have a fun team and not put too much on them, <laughs> you know, not try to completely blow it out of the water or think too much about the future. When the summer comes, we'll, we'll think about the future. That's right. Um, so where do you think the Mavericks will finish? Where do, you, where do you feel? Do you think playoffs are in their future? Do you feel like they'll be back in the lottery given the Hawks a good pick or where do you feel like they're going to be?
1: Oh man, it's you know I was super optimistic about the year. I'm not really an optimistic fan. It was very counter, and then you know these these injuries are just starting to to nip at the Mavericks. You know, it, it came out late last night uh, that that Dirk is weeks away from playing. Now we don't necessarily know what that means. Yeah, but if you're well, looking if at you him,
0: at, if you saw him at media day, he I mean he was limping around a lot, right? He, he Which, even just on know, the live stream.
1: It's kind of hard to judge that sort of thing. And then he he said he's like, oh, I'll be fine. And, and you know, I, I don't think that's been the case, clearly. And the and then, you know, you have Harrison Barnes' hamstring, which, you know, hamstring injuries are the sort of thing that can really bother, bother you for a while unless you take care of it. And the Mavs have no reason to be forthright about how these injuries are going. Uh, you know, they told us Harrison Barnes is going to miss the preseason. Well, the preseason's two weeks long. Like, what does that mean? And then... What else do we have? And then, and, you know, Dondre Jordan's out for, for family reasons, but, like, not getting that continuity with, with fellow starters is, is concerning. So I, I was really prime, you know, primed to, to say that I feel that given, you know, the circumstances, they could maybe make a run at the eighth seed, like maybe put up 40 wins. But if they get off to a rough start in any way, shape, or form, I think that that they're just going to be playing catch up for the whole year, and they might only win up end up with you know thirty two to thirty five wins. I, I hate to be negative like that, but that's the the West is just too good, and you can't fall behind early.
0: Yeah, uh, there's so many teams that feel like they should be there and feel like they should be in that you know that playoff. They feel like they should be in the playoff hunt. I mean, even probably the Clippers with with their guys, they have a lot of veterans. They probably still feel like they should be up there, uh, mm-hmm. even though they probably have no business no business being there uh last question for you um what do you feel about how do you feel about Jalen Brunson the other guy that was drafted and you know the Mavs talked about him how they had a first round grade on him and and he's going to be this you know third point guard I guess coming off the bench and uh JJ Bray only played 69 games last year Devin Harris played 44 he got traded but he might have to play a lot of minutes for this team how are you feeling about him
1: I don't understand the pick, uh, particularly since they went out and signed Devin Harris again. There's just no reason to have this many guards. I think long term, the Mavericks will make it work. This guy is very good. It's going to take him a while to figure out the fact that he doesn't have the quality of looks that he was getting. You know, there's the reason that he shot, I think it was 38 to 41 percent over his college career from three, which is obviously great but that Villanova offense is like an early uh, uh, spread football offense. Those guys are getting amazing looks. And it's, it's other than that, it's hard really to take much away from it, but you know, he's got a, he's got kind of an old school body. Uh, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be pretty effective long-term, but I just don't really think they're going to get much out of him this year unless he just all of a sudden adapts to the game. I watched him in summer league and I watched this, this game the other night. And, 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 he wasn't terrible. I mean, his shooting, I, 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 that's not true. His shooting has been atrocious. <laughs> yeah. But the Mavericks are blindingly confident in him. So they're seeing something. And, you know, like we, we just kind of got to trust their, their player development and their read over time. Because basketball is a game where, you know, you have these large sample sizes. So maybe they do. You know, maybe I'm all wrong and they do know what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, uh, he is like you know an injury or two away from you know being you know n- the Mavericks needing him. So that's right. It'll be interesting to watch to see how he develops, and then uh then that that wing that wing depth behind uh, behind Harrison Barnes, Luka, and that's kind of it. And then you have Dorian Finney Smith and Ryan Brokoff. That'll be an interesting battle going forward. I'm interested to see who comes out on top. I think it's gonna be Ryan Brokoff, but Dorian Finney Smith has his his foot in the door, and he's definitely made a great decision in. uh being friends with Dennis Smith Jr. Probably the should best. we
1: sh- should we claim broke off because I mean the dude looks like a basketball writer he he's he's shaggy he's yeah. kind of skinny and disheveled like he just looks like a basketball writer I I think we should claim him should you say Mavs Moneyball Zone right oh yeah 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 I mean like the difference between him and Tim Cato is like six inches like that's. <laughs> That's kind of the difference, you know, like they're they're, like I've seen them both. They're hipstery. They're young dudes. They could, you know, Tim can get buckets, too. And it's that's just that's where my head is right now. But I I really I I think with the with I just hope that the Mavs lean into the offense because the team's going to be questionable defensively. You know, broke shot was incredible. So if he's just hanging out on the backside and he, you know, he, he gets, you know, three opportunities a game to drill a three pointer like that's awesome. Completely,
0: we'd be, we'd be very satisfied at that, and uh, I just wish you could combine Brokoff and Dorian Finney Smith. That feels like <laughs> <laughs> it feels like the optimal. If we could just throw him in uh, some kind of Freaky Friday situation where you can combine powers, I feel like that would be the best, the best use of it. All right, Kirk, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, this late night. When we uh, we appreciate it. You can follow Kirk at Kirk Serious Face and read some of his stuff at Maps Moneyball. He's uh, editing pieces all the time. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to another Locked on Maps. We'll be back with more stuff. And again, on a Friday after the game, we will do a live stream. I don't know how many of you are going to be able to watch it, but the replay will be on YouTube and stuff like that. So thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.